Welcome back to The Last Action Critics with your hosts, Will and Nora Kramer. Nora is our second guest host. Woo! Uh, we are excited to have you on. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Jenny is not here today. Ian is still baby man, baby, baby daddy, man. daddy babes, whatever we're going to call him these days. What do you call a man with a baby? Uh, Father? Sure. I call him daddy. Big daddy. Big daddy. You're big daddy. I'm big daddy. You're big daddy at, at work at the very least. He's big daddy in real life. He's, yeah, he's the true daddy of the largeness. Uh, <laughs> we have Enemy of the State this week. It is episode 35, season three. Ooh, week two of guest host. Will Starr is excited. Uh, you know, new vibe, new thing. Uh, I feel like I got big shoes to fill after Nikolai. Uh, oh, he did a great job. But great I have, job. Ready I have to go. Energy and effort. That's all I expect. And you're going to bring that. You also were the impetus for this movie. Love this movie. You, you're the brainchild behind Enemy of the State, which I really is, like to manipulate you guys into only watching movies that I want to watch and then it, letting me come on and talk about them. It's, it's not a bad way to live. You know, if manipulation feels this good, I don't, I'm not, I don't have any problem with it. You know what I mean? You've been on the show, obviously, before. I have. Uh, if you haven't heard Nora before, you can check out Polite Society, that episode. It's we a get, banger. We, we, we get fucking drunk in it. Um, I'm going to get you and Don Inman together because Don is the only other person who's come on here and made us take multiple shots. Of, Fantastic. How many did he get? Oh, I think we got through three with okay, him. Because so, I'm rating camp at five. So. A, a conservative <laughs> number, but still enough. And we didn't start drinking early with him, you know, but he... He knows how to play. He knows how to play the game. And uh, also on our Ninja Turtles episode. So check either one of those out. I was very sober for that one. We were both sober for that one, but both uh, were great episodes. So uh, check them out (laughs) if you want to see a slur, polite society. Ironically, really. (laughs) I mean, we were not polite society at that (laughs) point. We got real off the rails. rails. Uh, But excited to have you. Welcome in. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Ian, for procreating yeah give me this opportunity yeah yeah, yeah. slide in and maybe take your job i'm kidding jk's jk's love you jk's these are off-camera winks all (laughs) right let's just jump right into it enemy of the state first thoughts we'll go we got two things we're going to do here one is your first thoughts because i want to know kind of your backstory to what this means to you i got a backstory of course you do (laughs) Your backstory to this, and then uh, we're going to do a little thing called uh, the Ian grade, or how we think Ian would grade this movie, and what his his first thoughts might be. No, we're not doing scores. We're just doing, you know, (laughs) like our best Ian imitation in terms of this movie and how he would first thought it. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, go team. uh, All right, start this off. Start it up. Kick it up. First off, I love this movie. I've loved this movie since I was ten years old. It's a banger. Uh, I saw it in the theater. I thought it was way ahead of its time. Big fan. You weren't wrong. It was way ahead of its time. I literally brought this up because I wanted to talk about it because I love it so much. It's such a... First thoughts, I'm all in. Always. Have been since 1998. (laughs) I love that. I love it. My first thoughts, just the Will Star first thoughts... When you brought this movie up, I had forgotten about it to some degree. And then... Everything came flooding back, and I was like, yeah, that movie slaps. That movie's so good. Gene Hackman 
and Will Smith are excellent in it. I mean, I just, I just, all these like little memories flooded back. The kind of stuff that I think on some level now seems kitschy and cliche was then kind of novel and fun and these spinning cameras and these cutaways that just like back and forth and this, you know, how exactly it would look to be the man in the van. The Bruckheimer and the Scots of the the time period at the time though were very charming and exciting. This to me revolutionized the man in the van right yes. like like in action movies the guy in the van wasn't really highly thought of until this movie and, and then, then you got you're, a ton of men in the van oh and then and from here on like, out it was like oh we can we can have a snappy wacky dude in the van the whole time <laughs> let's si- get it going every single like man that was in the van at that time were like somewhat popular or on their up and coming 90s actors so when you saw this movie you were just like pop 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 look at all these guys oh I know this guy I kind yeah. of know this guy and then they're all working together Jamie Kennedy Seth Green yep. Jack Black Bodie <laughs> Bodie uh, Bodie uh, Elfman. Elfman, yeah. Elfman. Good on you. Uh, you know, you got you got the Scott Kahn's, you got the Barry Peppers, yeah, you got yeah, the yeah, yeah. Those music. guys were not in the van, no, however. No, but sometimes they probably popped in but still, to like, make fun of the nerds. Yes. So, and then they had their dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> the nerds and the jocks, essentially. Essentially. It was a nerds and jocks moment. But yeah, I think that, I think if we walk away from anything with this movie, it's, uh, the Patriot Act happened in 2001, which this is a 98 film, so you're close. All of that's starting to happen. Terrorism is starting to feel like a real thing that we should all like run away from and maybe just give the government all of our control. So this movie really is ahead of its time in uh, that yeah, way. I mean, 98, the, uh, obviously before 9-11. And like also, this is just at the beginning of the tech boom. And so like at this point... Most people didn't understand what the internet could do, what surveillance could do. And so all of it was kind of like, this is new territory for all of us. And this is the first time that any of us are really seeing it in a blockbuster, like, era this isn't like hackers where like only like a certain niche of people went and saw that movie this is like this probably came out memorial day weekend or something like that this was something that like was fed to the masses and then it is a thought-provoking of like is this what the government's doing i feel like regina king's character in the first one 20 minutes when she's ranting about is like that's what this movie's about yeah. Regina King's character essentially sums it up. Will also, Smith's character doesn't quite understand and then goes through a movie of fully understanding. And then also, like, you could literally make this movie now and it would still work. Yeah. Almost exactly. Oh, no, for sure. For That's a different thing, though. <laughs> sure. This movie, yeah, you could, you, could, you could say this movie was a 2023 movie and everyone would be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Besides the El Camino, that makes sense. I love that El Camino. Oof. There's a lot of good cars in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot yeah, of good yeah, cars. Yeah, they had a, they had Specifically a... that champagne Chevy Cavalier, but, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> brief, real brief. Uh, <laughs> anytime I see a Chevy Cavalier on screen, I'm like, Chevy Cavalier, coming at you. All right, so let's let's talk Ian Grade. Let's talk Ian. Let's talk I feel Ian like you Grade. Should start. I'll I'll kick it or off. Or do you want me to start to like embarrass myself for? Sure. For if you, Ian. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Um. Whatever you think Ian already, would do with this. I know that Ian likes this movie. I can feel that. Um. A hundred percent. I do think that he would spend a lot of time dissecting something to do with directing <laughs> mm. and 
action, obviously. This is an action podcast. Yeah. I think overall, though, his gut would be pretty high. Yeah. I mean, first thoughts would be like, oh, I love this movie. Uh, the potential for this movie? He would go into the potential somehow. <laughs> he would get to the potential. Uh, he would also, like, feel very confident in, I mean, Ian is the man in the van. Yeah. Like, if there was a movie for Ian, it's this one. Which is probably why both he and I like this. He's like, people he's like, in the van. I'm the man in the van. Like, this is a movie about, like, technically the villain is the man in the van. But, like, <laughs> you know, they're they're quite, they're likable. They're likable villains. They're likable villains. They're not the, blend. They're not the melty-faced John Voights of the world. Hey, you I mean, know what I mean? Uh, we can go into it later, but Jack Black does start recording... At the end of the movie, yeah, he does. So, well, like, nothing really comes of that, as no, far as I can but tell. It's there, like he, he, you, know, you can tell. Yeah, he's, he's like, I know a... something's going wrong, and I yeah. want to have a little, a little cachet to get out. But is that just self-preservation, or does he oh, really want to do the right thing? I mean, it's Jack Black. It's probably it's, yeah, yeah. Nineties Jack, Jack Black is self-preservation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Ian, Ian Grade would be like out the out the van he he'd be about this movie hard he would you know he would talk about a sequel he would want a sequel he would want a sequel oh he'd want a sequel he'd, he'd who ian, would he like, ian would love a sequel ian love ian when, when you give ian sugar ian goes that was good more of that more sugar, please. More sugar, please. He doesn't. He doesn't care that it might go. It might. That might be the same sugar or just sugar repeat. So, is Ian a fan of Speed Two Cruise Control? Oh hell yeah, he, he loves that. Oh Ian, you we know what? Talk I, this I can't. Weekend. I can't. I can't fully confirm that. But, but now it's now it's canon for it's today. canon at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Locked in. I'm I, sorry, your best friend said it. Yeah. I, I, we'll if I had it. to guess, yes, he's a fan. Even if it, even if it, even if it started as an ironic fandom, he's a fan for sure, because uh. he's like the king of ironic fandom <laughs> slash turning into real fandom. And I don't know where that's where the where the where the where the ocean meets the meets the like the the, the horizon meets the ocean. Yeah. I'm not sure where that happens or whatever that is, but there's something there that's like I think you're kidding. But maybe you're not. But maybe you really love it, and maybe you have good reason. Maybe I don't. Sure. I don't know. I'm scared. I'm <laughs> lost. But you know, he's he's Ian, and we love him. We love you, Ian. Love you, Ian. Uh, this whole segment was just for you, anyway. So you welks, uh, <laughs> and we miss you. And come back soon. And thank you um, for letting me hold your space. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, big shoes to f- fit in. Follow? Oh, absolutely. What's the way to say that? Be, be, Phil. They just Phil. say Phil, yeah. It's a that. weird thing. It it's sounds, a weird thing to say. Sounds like you're putting cement in them. Um, <laughs> Ian means... No, I'm not going to... You gonna, should do that. I'm not going to get emotional. You should get emotional. It's been a few weeks. You guys are separated. We have been. We have been. We had, we, there was some I know drama. It's, it's pulling at both of you we in might different have, ways. We might have just made the drama up, but it was <laughs> drama nonetheless. Uh, Ian, I, I just wish you would neglect your newborn son a little bit more for me. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, I heard you're tired. Uh, if you haven't listened to the Blue Beetle episode, please, even if you don't want to listen to the Blue Beetle, just skip, Beetle to, episode, the end. Just skip to the end. Ian puts a, af, after the post credits, Ian puts a brilliant piece in that's post credits and it's pure joy. So please, please, please listen like, to that if nothing else. I feel like Ian would appreciate this too. Is uh, when I was listening to it, it literally started to give me anxiety because it was so well done. 
that it felt like it was uh, breaking down my brain uh, a little bit in a way where I felt the mania. <laughs> and uh, I didn't love that, but I thought it was hilarious. So good on you, Amy. We are We are going to talk about The Conversation, which is a movie with Gene Hackman later. It felt like what the conversation ought to have been. Yes, no, 100%. Like there's a, there's a psychosomatic piece to it that's just, just like well, well done. Like Francis Ford Coppola, step aside, my friend. <laughs> you got nothing on Ian Brown. Downtown Ian Brown. Downtown Ian Brown. The cool blue reason just took you out. All right. All right. That's our first thoughts. Let's talk about a little bit about what we've been watching. I know we got Ahsoka to talk about, but have you watched anything else? We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. uh, I begrudgingly um, have been watching and by watching, I binged the first five episodes of um, The Challenge USA. Uh, (laughs) It's trash. I have been trying to put it off. I'm. I enjoy that you're holding Ian's place. You know what I mean with the trashy, with the trashy reality uh, shows. Well, okay, so somebody had to bring it in. Here's the issue: you and I have been watching very similar stuff recently. It's I true. watched all of Rebels. Yep. Uh, we like. I started watching Parks and Rec again. Mm, delightful. Um, and then I was like, I didn't, I'm not really watching anything else. I've been still reading. I started Stephen King's The Stand. I'm doing that, and so I, I kind of was like, I got to watch something. And I uh, had a friend of mine, Cal, who was like asking if I was caught up on this new season of the challenge. And I said, nope. And then I was like, you know what? Whatever. It's late night. I'm a little drunk. Let's just get through it. So I started watching. It's terrible. Uh, I don't like CBS and I hate all of the Big Brother and Survivor people that they brought in. Okay. I told you this in real life. You have. At Lane's. Sorry. I just enjoy that you have like some kind of exclusivity to your taste in different types of reality stars. Like there's, well, there's the challenge stars and then there's those big brother stars. Like they're so all just, they're trash. all just trash humans being directed to be trashy. It, I, and I agree. It's all trash. And I'm yeah. also not going to talk about the first two episodes of the new sister season of Sister Wives, but we can avoid that entirely. I'm just saying that is what I was watching the other night. Good on you. I watched an episode of a new show on Netflix called Painkiller, which is all about the rise of Oxycontin. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep. Kind of in the same vein of Dope Sick. Yes, with um, Mike Keaton. With Keaton, which was a fantastic show. Painkiller, I heard nothing about because obviously strikes are happening, so I don't think anything's really getting promoted. But nope. I think that it is directed and or written by Peter Berg. Oh. Uh, who once was at my apartment. I think he was the dad of one of my old room upstairs neighbors. Or oh, he weird. He was in our backyard or something, and we saw him. Interesting. Okay, Peter Berg. Yeah, Aspen um, Extreme. I will always remember you from Corky Romano being the eccentric oh. Coke brother, but okay. Aspen um, Extreme is my my ultimate like <laughs> deep dive Peter Berg movie where I go, yeah, you were in Aspen Extreme. It was right. a, it was a ski bunny movie of sure. the <laughs> early eighties. So oh, I love. Me all the ski I will concept. watch any ski movie. Of course, it, you it's trash. They're all trash. <laughs> it, it's never been a good ski movie except Out Cold, uh, which is technically a snowboard. It's movie. It's a snowboard movie. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about Better Off Dead? Okay, that's probably the best movie okay, made in history. But like, I just want to make sure that we're yeah, on the same It goes <laughs> beyond skiing. But yes, it, that is a fantastic movie. Okay, yeah. great. One of my favorites. Anyways, uh, watching Painkiller, uh, I've only seen the first episode. Uh, it's in the realm of Dopesick. It is kind of interesting because it does give a little bit of a, like, a playful, in a way, it, I don't, it's, I wouldn't say playful because it is about a drug that got a lot of people to die, essentially. <laughs> um uh, but it is like it gives a good kind of backstory. It's Matthew Broderick 
playing pretty much the evil big pharma super gotcha. villain. Um, I've only watched the first episode, but I'm intrigued, and it's a limited series, so okay. you know that's only What's a few it on? episodes. It's Netflix. Netflix, which gotcha. I probably will be canceling at some point soon. So I oh can, wow, you know, get it in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Certainly, if there's a strike, they are against Netflix. Yes. Because there is, and there I support is, the strike. So as do I, as do I. I also watched a bunch of Netflix stuff. <laughs> okay, great. So I'm just getting it out the way yeah. before I got to cancel. That's what this is. I watched the Meg Two, uh, <laughs> courtesy of Christopher Hand. Thank you so much for your plex. I appreciate you. I hope you're enjoying Disney Plus. Uh, you welks. The Meg Two is actually better than the Meg One. I think only because okay. only because it it like figures out that. It's a stupid ass movie. Does it give a lot of backstory to the shark? No. Do you feel for the shark? No. No, the sharks are just Megs. You do, however, have a fun, you know, it gets a little, it doesn't fully go into that kind of like piranha 3D, but like they have fun with like, you know, eating stupid people in like, you know, touristy people in like boats and stuff like, I like that. that. Uh, so they go that far. And then they have some characters that just become outlandish because they were in the last movie. So they, they play up the humor a little bit more in this movie and it, and it plays a little bit better. Now, that being said, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not telling anyone to go out and <laughs> watch the Meg 2. <laughs> I did this for you guys. I watched the Meg and I watched the Meg too. I did suggest that we should see it and the Me- at some point. You did. You did. You didn't know. You didn't know. The Meg is trash. Of course it is. The Meg 2 is a slightly better trash. So if you want to and you want to kind of, it's got some fun laughs in it. It's fine. Don't go see it. Uh, Dune. I watched the David Lynch Dune uh, this week. Which I still haven't. If you want to watch a lot of people just walking around with ADR of their thoughts, uh, wandering around castles and in in deserts, it's a great movie. I feel like I'm going to wait until March when Dune 2 comes out. And eventually you bring me back on the show to talk about it. We absolutely will. um, To actually watch that one. Now I've read the book, but I want to... I yes. think I, I need to do some sort of stuff. There's, there's some stuff in it that is more accurate to the book. And then there's some stuff in it. Like they make up this whole piece. So in the book, there's like the weirding way, which is essentially the Bene Gesserit kind of like fighting style slash ability to read the people voice. and the voice. And they make that into a weapon in this movie that it is not in the which book I would at not all. Care for. And it wasn't, it wasn't good. It didn't, it didn't work terribly well. But overall, there's some fun stuff in it, and and it like the early stuff. Uh, there's some really cool like sets and features in it yeah. that are like really and well what done. Year did that movie come out? Uh, like seventy? 80. Oh no, eighty four. You're right, eighty four, okay. eighty four. Either way, it, worth a, worth a check out if you haven't checked it out. Uh, what did, did you watch? It Sean at? Young, uh, Netflix. That's a Netflix. Okay, it's on Netflix. Heart of Stone. Also on Netflix, it's a net, straight to Netflix Netflix produced movie. It's got uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Uh, it's what? not as bad as you is think it a, it's going to be. Is it an action movie? But it's not good. What it's an it? action movie. It's a spy action movie, uh, and it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. But it's really not good either. The action's pretty decent, uh, but you know, it's it's a high Sunday at best. It's like oh, I got nothing else going on. Yeah, it'll fill time, but you'll want to like walk away and make a sandwich halfway through, and you won't necessarily feel compelled to pause it. Huh. If that makes sense, that does make sense. Yeah, so that's kind of how that one went. And then let's talk Ahsoka. Let's talk Ahsoka because. This is something you and I, uh, having watched all the Rebels and yes. being huge Rebels fans, hundred percent, we are very committed to this Rebels lifestyle. 
Some of us more so than others. And at this point, I might get a I might get a helmet. Who's to say? I have a helmet. That's true. And it's bomb digs. It's actually very comfy and you welks. You know. Ahsoka it taste starts okay, so if you don't know Ahsoka, obviously Ahsoka Tano is a it's gonna be the story about Ahsoka Tano after the uh events of the original trilogy after return of the jedi five years later we're kind of in the mandalorian time period and ahsoka tana and sabine wren uh are are hanging out together and they're going to try and go find thrawn and ezra bridger. Ezra, Brid- ezra bridger which at the end of uh rebels if you don't know these are these are going to be spoilers uh ezra bridger takes out thrawn by essentially getting the purgle which are these essentially like hy- space whales space whales uh <laughs> hyperspace whales uh to blast him and thrawn just out of the universe technically out of the galaxy out of the galaxy to a different galaxy yeah to a different galaxy we don't know An that uncharted galaxy that we don't uh, really know that at the time but that's kind of what we figured it out yeah, yeah. uh how are you feeling about ahsoka so far I'm have you done all three episodes i've done all three uh, I'm pretty much all in. The start of it for me was a little hard because I did just get done binging all of Rebels. So I was a little bit like jumping from an animation of four seasons where you're like used to the voice actors and the animation to live action is kind of at times a hard jump. So getting oh, used totally to all of uh, that was a little bit hard for me, but I am loving the vibe of it. I'm loving uh the i don't know just the feel of it i love the girl who's playing sabine wren i think she is a badass i love her intro i love i just love how she's holding it and even though she's not exactly how i imagine sabine wren she's just holding her own so i'm like just all in on that i i'm loving the said villains um that are named after what the wolves balin and uh the, oh, the yeah. girl I can't remember. It's another Nordic I've uh, wolf. Embarrassing for both of us as people yeah. that love this. But yeah. um, I think that they're really badass. This lab. Well, they're brand new characters. Brand new characters. Brand new characters to so, this universe. And we're old, so. And we're really just focusing on Sabine Wren, let's uh, be yes. honest, because that's, uh, that's our booth thing. Oh, she's, she's great. Uh, I am coming around to Hera. Looks the like they're episode. about to cut her out of the show. She's getting dialed down a little bit. They but, are, yeah. It's uh, too bad. I would love more Chopper. Oh, I need uh, more Chopper. I'm a little upset, too, that I haven't seen any Zeb yet. My quick thoughts on Ahsoka are, I'm in. I'm starting to get that rebel energy out of it, which I'm enjoying. Like, the last episode had a lot of action, a lot of fun, flying in and out. There's a certain amount of only having two people in a plane, there's just not quite enough like back and forth. Like, and bringing in, you know, Zebarelius would be a nice move because then you have that three. And and for some reason, when you're when you're in the middle well, of the action I mean, and you're popping in and out of, there is three, but he goes down. You know what I mean? Sure. Like he he's not up and running at the time, right? Then the droid is what you're talking about, David Tennant. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not up and running. I love him. I love his. Yeah, I, I love me some David Tennant. I love that character, but he's not up and running for that main action scene. Sure. And when when it's all when the high tensions no, going I on, I agree with you. I, I would enjoy a little bit more kind of pip and pop, and and they've made Ahsoka so kind of not pithy. She smiled in this last. Episode. She did, but she's she doesn't have that pith that like that that the. the that the rebels lived on. No, yeah, and and I and I want a little bit more of that, I guess, from my 
moments. And the second episode had it. Like there was a moment in the second episode where Hera and Chopper are oh. going after the uh the 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 people in the, in the thing to try and put a tracker on them and their banter, their repartee is what you're looking for. Like I it's no, so I wasn't I didn't go through your stuff. Like, you know, I mean, you, check under the check why under the battery. Not bomb all these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's so Jeez. good. Yeah, no, that's what that's what I'm looking for out of this. And they had a little bit of it, but I need Dave Filoni to like really step that up. But that's I, that's all I'll say about that. But I feel like Dave Filoni is doing he's trying to give us like a season five of Rebels, but also he's trying to like advance the mystical lore of right. that. And so we're probably not gonna get that same type of banter that right. both of us would love. Right. And maybe when Ezra gets back and we get him in the fold and we start working out of it, we'll get some of that, some more of that stuff. But I, that's I mean, Filoni's that's what I want. directing the next episode. He's yeah, and he's written all of them. Sure, but he's and he directing didn't, the next and he didn't one, write so. all of Rebels. No, but I feel like the next one is going to give us some bangers. I hope something. so. I hope so. I really loved in the last in this last episode. Uh, when they finally let Ahsoka and Sabine like are like let's trust each other and let's like do our our ship maneuvers together, I thought the dynamic of that was really fun. Agreed. And then I really enjoyed obviously seeing the Pergos and <gasps> they're so I cool, dude. They, they really did a good job with them and too. They look, it was they look badass, so cool. And when they land in the forest, it just yeah. looks very cool. Yes, that looked so rad. I, finishing that episode was like all right. I'm, yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. I'm three. I don't know how you're gonna do it in five more episodes. That I worry about. But I'm, I'm, that I'm, I worry I'm about. Gonna go for the ride. But if you if you think like, oh well, we got five more episodes, and let's be honest, I'm Dave Filoni. I'll get a second season. Yeah. He's not worried about Ahsoka being another season. He's like, yeah, I'll do the first chapter in this. I'm gonna. I'm probably already greenlit for another season of Ahsoka because Disney doesn't care and they're they're just trying to milk any Star Wars thing they, they can the get. Money. They want that money to keep for themselves. Yeah, and when this strike, is, when this you know peppy little strike is over, they'll get back to it. But we got to move on. The conversation. I asked you to watch the conversation. You did. Because I have known about this being what some would call a... Uh, prequel. A spiritual um, sequel. Enemy of the State. Spiritual sequel. You can oh, Google Enemy it. Enemy of the State is a spiritual sequel, yes. To the conversation. Gotcha. Uh, but I knew about this for years. I'd never actually seen the conversation, but I figured if we were going to be talking about it, both of us should watch it so we could be able to talk about it. Agreed. Because essentially, the conversation is about a... Parent. It's a movie, by the way. It's if a you, movie. If, if you think, we keep saying the conversation, but the conversation is a movie called <laughs> The Conversation. <laughs> just so you know, because we jumped into that without any real... Got real. <laughs> any warning. <laughs> uh, but it's essentially about a man... Uh, played by Gene Hackman, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who is like uh, a wiretapping genius, and he's just yeah, and he's the guy who's making up the technology that the NSA will eventually use in order to wiretap everybody in Enemy of the State, right? Yeah, that, that's essentially what Gene Hackman's character is, and in Enemy of the State, he's technically a different character, but a lot of uh, parallels kind of a lot of parallels. What's the article you read about uh, Gene Hackman and Tony Scott pulling from that? I read somewhere that they at least used photos of Gene Hackman playing the character Harry Call for background shots of like a young Gene Hackman in Enemy of the State, which is probably like all of whatever the discourse was back in the 90s. Like that's why coming from a 
a move like a movie house where my dad had seen this movie and probably talked about it and i just was like nah it's boring i don't want to watch it but heard the discourse around it (laughs) knew that that was uh something that existed so i figured that we both needed to watch it if we were going to talk about this you know I fully agree. Uh, I did. I watched it in one sitting. Uh, it took me three. You're welcome. Uh, and it's a movie that I would have never have thought to watch myself. It's a movie that I, I don't know that I necessarily would recommend to anybody. But on the other hand, it's it, on like a top like that like it's it's hundred list of movies you have to watch like there, multiple lists there's something about compelling it. about it and 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 maybe it gets to those lists because francis ford coppola wrote slash directed it or was at least on the writing team um so maybe that's it some of it is bizarro i mean it feels there's there's a piece of it that feels very alfred hitchcock to it you know that kind of like bizarro like you know psychological trauma piece that feels very hitchcockian uh and and even the way he films it a little bit there's a lot of silence a lot of like very slow pace waiting for the conversation to happen and him just kind of being there and you're just kind of like even when the conversation is happening when they're like when you're listening to it from like which is a very cool piece of like tech of like the way I think at the time that this was coming out, uh, the way that they were having multiple people in said like whatever park that were like had different recording devices. And then he's overlapping the text that like to get a streamline of said conversation was like, I think very advanced for that time. Oh yeah. And uh, that's like super fast. Obviously I'm, I'm way too, uh, young for that, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. <laughs> but that's super fascinating. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I, I liked, I liked the score. It's a very simple, high key piano, yep. plus a little added of Gene Hackman learning to play sax and playing some sax notes. I did not think he was playing that sax, but you're telling me he was playing that sax. He, I told you that. <laughs> I know. I just sex. this is this is the podcast, and we have to. I have to introduce it like it's a new conversation. It's a new conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Gene Hackman learned to play the alto sax for that role. So I'm not just ripping off your information because I want it out there, and you're not giving that, it to me. I know you want it. It's fine. No, I think that like also Gene Hackman allegedly was like still young and spry and good looking, and like Coppola had to like really dumb him down to make him look so boring and mm-hmm. basic yeah. and like sludge. Yeah, uh, I think what I like the most about this movie, and 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 obviously, okay, so the the movie centers around, centers around this guy Gene Hackman, who has essentially listened to a conversation and recorded a conversation for a private person who wanted to buy the conversation, right? So the private person hires him to tap this area and try and figure out, get this conversation for him so he can sell it to this guy. He then realized that maybe this conversation, if given to this particular private like person, might get one or two of these people who are having the conversation killed, and that's his moral crisis, right? But I, what I like about it is the construction of the conversation is is halted and a little out of order. And it feels a little bit like all of his conversation, Gene Hackman's conversation in the movie are a little out of order and jocular. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the way Francis Ford Coppola kind of put that, that piece that's like, yes, this conversation and, and what you make of it and and how it and how every little piece gives context. And then you realize at the end, obviously there's a twist that like that context 
actually meant something different, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you know, you you got through this conversation with an assumption, and that assumption was false, and that's and that got somebody else killed that shouldn't have gotten. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. th- like I I enjoyed that piece of it, and I enjoyed this kind of like even Gene Hack. All Gene Hackman's interactions are very kind of like seemingly like. People are trying to figure out the who he is, but and they're making assumptions without actually and actually listening to him totally. in, in a weird way. Yeah, and I enjoyed that. I have two other pieces of fun trivia. For, Go team, for love this. it. Um, apparently, Coppola like wrote this before Godfather. It was like a passion project for him. Cool. He really wanted to get it made, but no, but no studio wanted it. Mm, so until weird. Godfather actually got um, any sort of like recognition credibility that was when he was able to green light it and make it into it and this is this the other important one so harrison ford um when he came in to audition or do it or whatever the character he made a a a call to just decide like i'm gonna play the character as a gay man oh wow Uh, and that was not in the script or whatever he was just like i think i want to do this character as a gay man yeah and he went out and spent four thousand dollars on like that green suit that he's wearing to try to like be in the part yeah and then kobo was like yeah yeah this works go for it go team (laughs) go team but like which is weird because i don't think he comes off as a gay man at all oh it's so funny kevin like immediately or he stepped in like once he gets in the sweater once he's in the sweater You're like, eh, you could be a gay dude. Uh, there was some scene that Kevin like walked through the room and was like, we're watching. And I was like, did you know that like Harrison Ford try- he decided to play this gay? He's like, I was just going to say he's all his man. He's gay. He's gay. I just, I thought it. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was just about to tell you that I did not get that. I didn't. And I yeah. was not picking up on it. But yeah, I, you know, Kev gets it. Kev gets it. Go, go Kev. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, he's got an intuition. I guess. Uh, <laughs> the... Yes, Harrison Ford is in it as a young man. Uh, Robert Duvall is in it, who obviously was also in The Godfather. There's some other characters in there that were in The Godfather as well, which is kind of fun uh, to see Francis kind of like working with his with his stable of people. Um, but yes, the conversation. If you're interested, watch it. It is an interesting movie. It is a weird little I feel film. Like it's, it's mostly just like an add-on. Very if you 70s. love Enemy of the State and you're curious about like why people are talking about spiritual sequels. Uh, or why anybody would pay like a homage to to something. It's good for context. That's Absolutely. all I'll say. I will I will hundred percent agree with that. All right, let's move on to the big show. We're gonna talk special features real quick. Oh god. We're gonna just like I think I think what we really need to say, and because the special features on this particular film were not terribly good. No, and, they were terrible. And, and the way they set them up in, on the Blu-ray was horrible. I don't no. I don't know what they were thinking there. But the death of special features is a bummer. That is a thing that I think both of us feel. Yeah, like Netflix, Hulu's, all these things. It's like it was just the death of special features. You, I want to know more about how things that I love, like what what was the right what went into that yeah the behind the scenes the making of the bloopers i mean yeah any of that all those comedy bloopers scenes they gave us for this movie were trash and just extended scenes that made no sense uh i will say this too uh i feel like this particular blu-ray that i got for us um was when you could realize that the special features aspect was dying because any old like regular dvd uh, you got a main screen. You'd fall asleep in the movie. The same crazy oh, title sequence would be banging that all night long until you woke up. And then you're in a fever dream because you're just hearing the same score over and over again for the title sequence. Yeah. This one had no main screen. You just had a pull-up bar 
So every time that you would click on something for the special features, as soon as it was done, one deleted scene, it would just immediately restart Enemy of the State. Yeah. And so we pretty much almost rewatched half of Enemy of the State the, getting yeah, through it. Like the movie doesn't, it, like normally you go to your menu screen and then you play the movie. This, it just starts playing the movie. And then if you happen to hit the right button, granted, we were doing this on a PS4. If you happen to hit the right button, there's a lot of them on the PS4. So, I, you know, and we're, I'm not tech savvy uh, or not PS4 savvy. So if you happen to hit the right button, the, the menu will come up and you can kind of get yourself in there. But yeah, it's just pausing the movie until you're done with the the one video feature you want to do. And then it just jumps back in the movie. And it's that, trash. Yeah, it was trash. Give me, give me early 2000s, late 90s they had I want it down that. I, they knew what they were doing and it was always like really a, a bummer when you would get a dvd where you were expecting special features but then you'd get like just a theatrical trailer and like Lame. maybe one other thing Lame. i like I, I like a, i like a little bit more fat to my if, DVDs. if you made a comedy in the early 2000s 90s early to late 90s early 2000s and it did not have a blooper reel on it you were you were a trash comedy 100 percent trash you're a trash comedy get you out of here show i don't care the improv you need to show oh the dynamics God. of what was going on yeah you gotta, you gotta know that out cold their blooper reel is fantastic True. but like some people tried to like splice that into like you know in the credits or whatever to sure. bypass that sure, it's sure, still sure. it's a wasted medium yeah. We should go back. We should go back. We should, I mean. Those are my some, final thoughts and then we can move And on. somebody should just be putting out the special features, right? You know what I mean? Like whatever, it, okay, you have the movie on Netflix. You can also get the special features here. You know what I mean? Something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the way they get us to buy the DVDs, but I don't think that, I don't think that's enough. All right, we're getting to it. Enemy of the State. It's on Hulu. If you do want to watch it, uh, I'm going to letterbox. You are going to do 30 on the board. Letterbox. Enemy of the State. Put out in 1998, directed by Tony Scott. This is an R-rated film. It is 132 minutes, which if that means anything to you, I think it's about an hour and tw- two hours and 20. Uh, and let me give you the the old hot shots about it. Again, you can see this on Hulu if you don't have the Blu-ray like we watched, which was super sick. Tagline, it's not paranoia if they're really after you. Genius. A hotshot Washington criminal lawyer becomes the target of a rogue security executive videotaped in the act of murdering a congressman when the incriminating tape is surreptitiously slipped into the, the sh- into his shopping bag by the videographer who is fleeing the executive's assassins. Starring, you guessed it, Willie Smith, Gene Hackman, John Voigt, Regina King, Lauren Dean, Jake Busey, Barry Peppers, Jason Lee, Gabriel Byrne, although I wouldn't say he's starring in it, Lisa Bonet, uh, you got Jack Black, you got Seth Green, you got Scott Kahn, you got J- uh, Jamie Kennedy, so- and many other talented people. Lisa Bonet. I said her. Did you? I did. Okay. You can go back and listen to the I think report. I was just uh, stressed out about Gabriel, Gabriel Byrne. She's right after him, okay. so that's why. Yeah, 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 yeah. You missed it in your own stress of like, why are you discounting his performance? Which was really Which subpar. Was, no, I said in the opening credits. Yeah. I'm surprised he's getting top billing. Uh, yeah, he got like the and Gabriel Byrne, which is Before, like for like any of the people. Yeah, that are Lisa in Bonet there. was after him yes, in the billings, and she had a much bigger part. Yes. How dare he? How dare he? Oh gosh! You do Miller's Crossing, and you think you're all that. <laughs> Actually, that movie's beats. That movie fucking slaps. Anyway, that is the letterbox. Uh, we're gonna put thirty on the board for Nora. Let's go, Kramer. Now, Nora. Before we put thirty on the board, 
I feel like as a person on this show, we all have nicknames. And so before we give you your 30, I feel like we got to come up with your nickname. A couple things you need to know about Nora, because I got a couple <laughs> ideas. Okay. Two things in her life that are constant. Her worship of the sun god. Sun god. And the king of beers, Budweiser. <laughs> Those are the things you need to know about her. Uh, also, uh, that she loves tunnels. I love tunnels. Loves tunnels. Just tunnels. In, into the tunnels. So um, I, I had a couple ideas. One was Nora the sun god. Uh, Ra. not the sun god. But nor Ra, Ra being the sun god. Mm, that's a play the, on words. You are the sun god. Okay. Uh, or no sun god, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, or just the queen of beers. Because you drink the king of beers. I do. <laughs> you could be the queen of beers. I could be the queen of beers. Queen of beers. Nora, the queen of beers, Kramer. I love it. All right, we're going with that. Nora, the queen of beers, Kramer. Let's get the 30 on the board. Let's make it happen. It's better than like tunnels. I could have just called you tunnels. Ooh, my favorite G.I. Joe as a kid was Tunnel Rat. <laughs> so there's something to that. Um, maybe that's maybe that's why we get along. Who knows? Uh, long story short, 30 on the board. Let me get my little timer going. Uh, that's my camera, so that's not going to work out. All right, timer, that's it. Oh, 30 seconds already there. I'm going to show you the 30 seconds. You know what's going on here? You know how yeah, to do yeah, this? Yeah, i got to talk about the uh, movie in 30 seconds. 30 seconds, enemy of the state. Here we go. All right, this is a movie about justified paranoia. This is a movie about being in the wrong place at the wrong time, or is it the right place at the right time? This is about the seedy underbelly of the political machine and how most of us plebes are not a part of it, okay? It is about, I don't even know what that Ten is. Ten seconds. Uh, it's a movie about, you know, trusting your gut and taking down the man. And, uh, you know, that's it. Done. Nice. Oh, stop. Ugh. I always yell at Ian for the little... And I do it myself, and so uh, I I will stop yelling at him for that. I apologize, Ian. That's on me. That's on me. Uh, well done. Well done. Thank you. I enjoy that you got plebeians in there. <laughs> so good on you for that. Well played. Uh, all right, let's talk Let's talk about this movie. Enemy of the State. If you haven't been with us before, it's super simple. Uh, we do one through five. One is the worst. Five is the best. We have five categories. Action, acting, directing, story, and gut. We uh, rate all of them one through five. So we're going to start in the action because we're an action podcast. It's an action podcast. It's an action damn podcast. I think so, you should start. Thank you. It's your show. QB over here. Uh, let me in. Um, I'm going to start with action. The action for me is... Now, this is a tricky one because this is more of an espionage spy thriller. But I would say the action is still in the three category. And it's because of the way they shoot it. And, 100%. And, and, and they shoot it in, in such a way that makes seemingly kind of like lameish action seem exciting and fun. And this will get into directing as well, actually. But, you know, and, and, and they do practical effects. We watch the special features. We saw the whole building get blown up. Oh, it's so uh, sick. So they do actually dynamite a whole building and, and, and explode it. Somewhere in, the, in Balmer, which probably didn't even affect anybody in the neighborhood. They were like, yeah, Balmer, welcome. <laughs> Um, I used to live in Balmer, so I love Balmer. So that gives me some street cred on that. 
but yeah, I would say three again, like they had a lot of fun. The chase scenes are, you know, super kind of high intensity, uh, especially, I mean, this is 1998. It was, it was a lot of fun. Now, again, it, it's never going to compete with any of the kind of Kung Fu slash, you know, like John, John Wicks. Wicks of the world. Yeah. It's never going to be in that category. But I feel in like terms of a different type of action in the, in, yeah, in terms of the, the action that it was doing, it did a really good job. I would go, I go three. I think I'm going to go with 3.5. Okay. I feel okay. like maybe I would have set it at three, but after watching that special features where they brought in that nerdy 90s demo expert, Dude. and he's just got his big ass glasses and he's like showing all the lines, and then they show the outside of like the building just exploding. Just seeing that in itself was like, yeah, that gets another. Like, that pops it up for me because it's not just like, I, I agree with you that like, the way that the camera is panning, the way that they're building the tension from the score, the way they're doing these things, like create like a really good solid flow of action and feeling that tension that happens in thrillers. I've said this to you many times. I'm a thriller person. 90s thrillers are my jam. I'll watch action movies and enjoy them. Obviously, I've enjoyed a lot over the years, but like thrillers, especially of the 80s and 90s are things that bring me joy. So for the, for that reason alone, I feel like the pacing of all of this, the way that it's presented, even if it's not a lot of hand-to-hand ca- combat, it's a lot of running. It's a lot of, there's yeah. some explosions. I love the car scenes when they're like chasing him and there's just like the muds going up on either side of the tires. You can just feel that they're like getting it. And yeah. they're like, it's, and you know, and then he almost, Gene Hackman almost like gets hit by a train. I love that. Yeah, there's an intensity going on the tunnels. whole time. The and, and, and the way it's shot, in the way that they like, I feel like the the most quintessential piece of this movie in terms of the action is the Jason Lee early chase yes. scene, right? That that kind of encapsulates the type of like all out running through Jason buildings, like getting and, it, and then know? and then you're 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 getting all these. I mean, he you know somehow Tony Scott makes you know a a. A satellite action, you know what I mean? Like yep. the satellite's just kind of moving around, but it's like, no, 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 no. This is action satellite. It's really making it. It's going super yeah, fast. Yeah, like it's not great animation. We don't, but it's we get don't there, know how it's being moved. There's no like, you know, happening because you don't know how it's getting moved is what yeah, adds yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, suspense because yeah, yeah. you're like, do they? Do they have that technology? They do. We and know just that. Sitting in a truck and they're just doing it. Yeah, I don't know how. I'm I don't scared. know how you go truck to straight to and satellite. Then right after this, nine eleven happens, and it's just like we're all fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't get into the reality of the okay. world. We're gonna stick in action movies. Let's go. Okay. Uh, but yes, three. You go three point five. I went three point five. Sorry, I went three point five. You have your numbers written down. I'm writing them down for both of us. Oh, you are? Nice. I'm yes. pulling an Ian nice. because you good, forgot good, good. it last episode. I did. I did. I did. I was about to start writing them down and I was I got it. I, I tried to show you. I got on, it ready to go. I'm glad you're on top. I'm glad you're on top of this thing. <laughs> All right. So let's jump right back in to acting. Uh, acting. I'm going to go four. Mm, I'm going to go four. <laughs> I'm going to go four. God damn. <laughs> I'm going to go four. Uh, and that's just below Oscars. <laughs> so we're going with. Just below Oscars. <laughs> I'm gonna go four because Good on I, I feel like Regina King is 
killing it in this movie. It, and this is no the, argument. This is the era of like Will Smith being the sassy, sarcastic asshole. He's not gotten obnoxious to all of us yet. This is just after Independence Day, Men in Black, and Bad Boys. This is the last one that I think he'll get before he gets. Wild Wild West. Well, and Bad Boys 2 was just atrocious. At that so point, it was this over. Is the, this is like the peak of like, he's allowed to do this, and we still find it charming. Mm-hmm. Gene Hackman is Gene Hackman. So Gene Hackman- He's even, a legend. E- even only being in the last little bit of the movie, I think he's killing it. John Voight creeps me out every time I see him. This also came out right that after works. Mission Impossible, and I hated him in mm-hmm. Mission Impossible as a really? child. Because I didn't like, I didn't like, I don't like his face. It looks like melted candle wax, and I don't care for him and his like air of shittiness. Um, But I, (laughs) I love the ensemble cast in this movie. I think everybody, I, I remember it being a lot more quippy. Like I remember their interactions in the van with the, you know, the muscle. I remember all of it being a little bit more on point, sassy wise. Which is why I loved it, I think, when I was younger. But it still it still did stuff for me. So I think everybody who was doing stuff in it did really well. And that's what I got. I'm going four. Four, okay. Uh, I would go with a three acting. Again, like I think it's elevated. I think I think it's more than you just did your job. Uh, I think I think again this made the man in the van. This movie, on some level, and again, I don't quote me on that because I'm someone will, you know, inevitably come up with. Well, actually, there's a guy, some fans in this movie, and all that. I don't give a fuck. Dog. I can't wait for that to happen. Um, Somebody do that, please. But <laughs> to me, this was the first like, oh, man in the van is a cool, neat position. It's the guy who's kind of helping out, but he can be kind of sarcastic and quippy and fun. And again, I agree. In 1998, when I watched this the first time, I think the quips hit a little harder <laughs> than they do now. I blend. You want to blend? Yeah, no that that, still that one still that, that still one still hits. slapped. That one still slapped. And there's still good stuff. And and Seth Green still wears glasses with yellow tints for some reason in every movie. Maybe it's a I don't know if it's an eye thing, uh, <laughs> but good on him. Seth Green is brilliant in this movie. I think Jamie Kennedy's fun. I think Jack Black's fun. Barry Pepper. Barry Peppers and Scott the Neck Con is in this. He's <laughs> uh, killing it. Gary Busey. What did you? There's, so there's this guy, Gary Busey, who is actually kind of crazy. And then there's this other guy who reminds us both of uh, the T-1000 uh, oh, from, from Judgment Day name? 2. Uh, and uh, Elfman? No, no, he's not Elfman. No, that's not Bodhi. No, it's not Bodhi. Anyway, there's this other dude in it, and you get the sense that he's truly crazy. But he's standing next to Jake Busey, and you're still like, maybe he is the crazy one. So that really says something. That guy's name is Ian Hart. Ian Hart. Ian uh, Hart, kudos. Some, somehow you Ian creeped Hart me out, bro. was the creepiest of the you henchmen. You creeped me out. I mean, you got Busey right next to you. You got the, the all-neck... Con before he Fuck figured it. out how to slim that yeah, down. I don't know what you and were thinking. And this Ian Con. Hart guy is just—he's maniacal, and he's like yeah. the skinny guy next to these oh. big, like next to Barry Pepper and Busey and, and yeah, Todd, even Barry like, Pepper looks kind of small next to Busey. I mean, Jake Busey's a big dude. Yeah, <laughs> Scott Con's short, I mean, but he's and, just like all neck and, and me, like, like shoulders. Contact as a child and watching 
crazy Gary Busey blow up the space thing oh, yeah, and his yeah, like yeah, psycho yeah, face yeah, as yeah. the fanatic cult like religious person yeah. stuck in my brain. So even having that and watching this and somehow thinking the little guy Ian Hart was more crazy than him, yeah. surprising. Good yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good on you did it. You did it. So Ian Hart, kudos. Does Ian Hart make me boost it to a four point five? Uh, wow. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm that would be hilarious. <laughs> I'm giving it a three. Uh, again, Will Smith is charming as all can be. I think he and Gene Hackman have a nice uh, rapport. They have a good dynamic. A good dynamic. Uh, Regina King is her, like, absolutely just, like, force of nature self in this. That is just, I mean, she, she's undeniable in some she's ways. Killing it. Uh, she yeah. kills it. She's she's fantastic and and... And you get her, you you know, for how little a part she had, you truly like get her and figure her out, and like you go, yeah, that's probably what it would be like to be Will Smith's wife. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. that would suck also, a little bit, but it would also be awesome because you'd get to have sex with Will Smith, which I think we can all feel good about. I feel like I would go the reverse. It would be oh. nice to have sex with Regina King. Oh, I mean, Smith. again, I just, I, but I'm not hating on. Sex what I'm with saying Regina is like, King. I think it's funny to like, you have Lisa Bonet and then you have Regina King, and they both have. I feel like. Almost similar amount of speaking lines. Maybe Regina King gets a little bit more because she doesn't die. Uh, but yeah. like they're around the same of like a side character. But like as great as Lisa Bonet is, she's just like forgotten about because Regina King is such a presence in this yeah. movie that yeah. like I remember specific lines she says and the way her voice was like when she's screaming at will smith to get out after she finds out that he's been with his bitch again i like as the movie was happening was like in my head being like ah! and doing it but like i have that like specific memory i know her lines in this movie almost more than i know anybody else's because she's so dynamic for me yes and and you believe her when she says no i i can't think with you here I, you yeah. know those, those kinds of lines you're like that rings true and, and 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 i agree she's such a force of nature she dominates will smith in scenes in a way that lisa bonet even in her kind of like sarcastic like i'm i'm as smart as you you know lines she's not dominating i feel him. like they do a good job yeah. of like showing that the mistress uh, or whatever is cool and awesome and alluring, but also that like there's a reason also why he stays with yeah. the his wife because yeah. like she also is a presence that well and and, and she's his she's she's more than his equal yeah you know what I mean like it, you know there's a certain amount where you're like this woman is more than his equal this woman is dominating him and he likes that he likes to be he likes to That's be baby the position he's he likes to, for yeah himself. he likes to be a little baby bear. Um, <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to directing. Uh, now that we've called Will Smith Baby Bear, I feel good about that. Directing, what are you getting at? Directing for me, um, from watching the special features. I mean, I've seen other Tony Scott stuff that I've liked more and things I've liked less. I'm gonna go. What did you like more? Ah, oh, the top. All I'm thinking about right now is Domino, and oh, really? <laughs> that is not a great movie. But Certainly I, not. I it's not Domino. even as good as this one. It's not. I love, but I love Kira Knightley, and that was in the who doesn't? Who Knightley. doesn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was before yeah, yeah. whoever is. Yeah, that was in your lesbian phase. <laughs> it never goes away. No, no, agreed. I'm still in mine. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. I uh, originally I forgot this was Tony Scott. I thought it was Ridley Scott. 
Um, so then when I, <laughs> upon figuring that out, I was like, oh, okay, that changes things a little bit. Also forgot, because in my head I thought it was also, like, it makes sense if Jerry Bruckheimer produced it. He told us multiple times with his, uh, yeah, whatever, dumb production. Dumbass haircut. The, <laughs> the dumbass oh, haircut. Yeah, I was sorry. saying the lightning strike yes, call yeah, yeah, sign yeah, yeah, for his studio. Yeah, 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 but yeah. I feel like the lightning tree. twice. Yeah, at least. Um, <laughs> one to end, one to restart the movie without ever hitting a special features menu. That son of a bitch. It's Jerry's fault. I give it to Jerry. It's Jerry's fault. It's Jerry's fault. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, directing 3.5, maybe. I'll just throw it out there. Okay. I go four on directing. Okay. Only because I think that there's a piece of this movie that is is a garbage-ass movie <laughs> without the director doing something fun with it, right? This movie almost exclusively relies on the director keeping the... I mean, all the points I gave to action, I have to give to directing. That's true. They're not doing a lot of actual action in this movie. No, it's just fair. like that's the fair. directing is and the cuts and the way he's kind of collecting these shots to kind of and ordering them has made things feel like it's all happening, right? And obviously all movies do this to some extent, but I feel like he really, in this movie specifically, he really nails it. And and and, and there's there's a lot of practical effects, which as a director you gotta be kind of on top of. We saw Will Smith doing a lot of running and socks and like and the actual no, car yeah. chases and finding and the places and, 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 and making it all look right. <laughs> and like it wasn't just Will Smith talking about running in a tunnel uh in socks on yeah. wet cement. You got Busey being like, we ran a lot. Yeah. We were just like doing, and they'd say, you know, and and Tony Scott wanted Tony like, like multiple takes from multiple takes different angles. For different yeah, angles. it's like and I ran that, thirty like, blocks also, that day. I want to take a second and just talk about Jason Lee for a minute. Sure, talk about him. Uh, He's your boo. I love Jason Lee. That's probably why, as a child, I was obsessed with this movie because he's like, you know, he's just a skateboarder that, like, at this point in his career, had only really done like. Mallrats and Chasing Amy and a couple other things. I mean, Mallrats was jam. <laughs> he was awesome in that. He was fantastic in that. He was in fin- yeah. Fantastic in that. As a star maker. <laughs> but like, so to get him to see, even though watching him horrifically get hit by a bus was very heartbreaking yeah. for me <laughs> as stopped. a young woman. It was so hard to handle. And they, I mean, they show it. <laughs> and then they show yeah, the did. aftermath. It's He did. It's brutal. Yeah. I'd forgotten how brutal it was. I was like, oh, that's, you know, it's oh, just God. like he's on the bike and I'm just like, change your gear, buddy. You're not doing the, like, you're not. And then bam. And then it's like, oh no, now you got to see his body just splayed out on the ground. Yeah. It's terrible. But yeah. I want to, I love Jason Lee. I just feel uh, like you should have been able to get more distance between him and Scott Kahn running after him. Sure. But his little legs, Kahn, you think, power. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if that Somehow like the splits the wind or like something. Nos, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but like I've been on a bike. I get away from dudes running. No, 100%. Pretty quick. I've been on bikes. Yeah. I've gotten run- Wait. You've been on a bike too? Yes, I have a Holy bike. Cow. I grew up as a kid on wait, bikes. Wait, what's happening here? Are you saying everyone rides bikes? <laughs> Not everybody. JKs. These are all bad, bad sarcasm. <laughs> uh, I'm working on it. Yeah, this movie is all directing. Let's talk story. Story. Uh, I feel like I'm going to go with 4.5. For story? <laughs> yeah. 
Mm. I love this movie. I think it's You really so- must. You really <laughs> must. If you're giving story a 4.5. Maybe I can bring it down to a 4. We'll see. There's uh, no nuance in this. All right. It doesn't need nuance. I'm just saying, like, you know, a 5 is like, oh, you've written something masterful. This is the issue with grading things, though. No, it's I not. Can't get, I don't like, have an issue. No. This is the reason why grading things. Like, no, everybody's too scared to get close to the top because it's not perfect who no. says something's perfect I i'm do. saying i say it is i'm saying this story is compelling to me and has been for what is it 98 so we're gonna say 25 years yeah uh rewatchability 100 does it keep me engaged is the story still something that could be used better? today it could be better <laughs> for sure but i'm just saying like like you're living in a sentimental world, and I'm trying to live in a in a, in a in a like in a like a more objective world. And I feel objectively, the story is for a story. I'm going to give this like a two. Wow, this is a two story for me. There's wow. like like there's a cool premise that you kind of touch on with the kind of like oh states' rights like or or like surveillance rights or what what is it that we how far can we go? I, I enjoy that as a narrative, or I enjoy that as an overarching kind of like concept within this and then you take it to the nth degree and there's some fun pithy kind of humor in it again i thought that the the van guys were more pithy the first time i yeah, saw they, it they weren't, as, much. They weren't as 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 hot to trot or maybe we've just advanced but I also, our sarcasm since then well, i like to think so <laughs> uh, but i i just don't i you know like again like it, it's a basic kind of espionage run from the guy who's chasing you story try and figure out why he's chasing you oh it's because you have a videotape he needs this is not this is not a hard story to get through or to get done and they do a good job kind of like uh you know like setting up the italian mobster at the beginning and having fun well, with like that that working is... that back in and you go okay cool the, okay great but isn't i, I that enjoy the there's ex- a thought process there and maybe that gets it? into a 2.5 for me but like it doesn't necessarily how many okay but here's the question it doesn't necessarily go above and beyond how many let's go 2.5 okay 2.5 because it did its job but i don't think it's the star of the show I feel like. Do you think it's the stars? Because you've rated it higher than anything else in the movie. You think the writing uh, in this okay, movie yeah, is the right. star of the I'm show? I'm looking at my score. I'll go down to a four because I don't think it's the highest thing. What is the highest thing for you? Uh, highest thing is going to be gut, but. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's but, highest thing is gut. Uh, gut's, no, probably, gut's a four for me for sure. Uh, I would say probably acting is going to be the highest thing for me. So I'm going to bring okay. the story down to four, at least keep it even keel. Gotcha. But for me, I think that the idea of like I've seen enough espionage thriller type chase movies that I enjoy the fact that they added a like subplot of Sizemore's like mobster thing that they were able to weave back in for the crescendo of the end of the movie. Right. Which I don't think that uh, a lot of other ones that I've seen have done tried to do anything necessarily like that exactly. And I thought that they did it well, at least at the time when I saw it, that it was like, cool, you kind of had, you started with this other plot. It's a mobster movie. No, it's not. It's a political thing. No, it's not. Then And they just kind of weave it in, you know, like a nice cross stitch on a, right. a pie. And it all comes together. And I right. feel like I enjoyed that. I'm yeah. not going to go lower than 3.5, and you can't change my mind. I'm not going to try and change your mind. I'm just going to try and tell you what I saw. Which, which I agree. Which, I mean, which is, which is uh, 
you know, you a, watch a more fun, action movies a than fun, me, so. you, you know, I'm, I don't think that that matters necessarily. Uh, you, like, like end of the day, like 90% of the movie is what's going on. Why are they chasing me? What what's if, happening? Why are you doing Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> because that's kind of, I mean, obviously no, that's I an exaggeration, that I, but like, no. let me finish my point. Okay. The point is like half of the movie is Will Smith just befuddled why, uh, as to why people are chasing him and whatnot, which again, agreed, but like, and then the next, yeah, again, it's two hours and 20 minutes of movie. So this is a lot of movie. I mean, this is more, this is almost end game at this point. Uh, so, you know, like to have that much movie and only really cover like, you know, like videotape given, you know, videotape figured out videotape is, is the thing that they're after figure out where videotape is, you know, uh, Gene Hackman and him turn tables on them. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, that's essentially well, your you, plot. Okay, so here, you know what I mean? Like my, realize videotape is gone and you can't do anything about it. And then we got to figure out how to turn tables on them. So, you know what I mean? Like there's not, there's not a lot, you know, and you get a little bit of kind of like political intrigue in there, but it's very kind of like, Damn it! Who's done this? How dare they? You know what I mean. Yeah. Which is fine, but it, question, it doesn't. It doesn't exceed expectation. It doesn't tell me like, oh, I would. You know, like this. My movie, question though is know. like, okay, so your complaint mostly is that they waste too much time of Will Smith like just not having a conversation and just like not figuring out like maybe I could just give this back. But like, if you were a, just a normal person working a job who's like trying to take down, we'll say like Rico cases or whatever that like, if you're given like classified, like secretive murder espionage shit that you would not react in kind of like a crazy befuddled, like, I don't know what to do with this. I've never been in this situation. I don't know how my, to handle Like my first reaction to two dudes showing up with badges, and again, granted, this is the white man in me, so like I, I have a different reaction than than a, a person of color who has dealt with police in a much different fashion than I have. My first reaction would be like, "Oh, let me figure out what you're looking for and see if I can find it." Do you want to look through the gifts? Oh, I don't have it. You found. You figured out I don't have it. They go away, going, "He didn't have it. He doesn't have anything on him. I don't know what we're looking for, but it's not with him." No more movie. I don't know, though. Right? No, I think they would still surveil him. They might still surveil him. They might still try and figure it out, but they are they don't... They went to his house. He showed them all the gifts. He showed them the bag. I don't think they you know give I mean? up like, that easy. I'm just saying maybe they don't give up that easy, but like they're not trying to kill him immediately. They're trying to continue to like see if he'll find it or figure it out. I think that's what I'm saying. That's like, more like a hopeful thing. I think that... What, even what do you mean they, hopeful? Like, like what, what's humanity. the point? You can't kill him if you haven't figured out where it is, right? That's sure. why he doesn't die immediately. Sure. That's why they leave the place without killing him in that moment, right? Yeah. But I think that the argument you're trying to make is that even if he did just have the conversation, if he did know he had it and he gave it to them, that they'd leave him alone. I think they'd still kill him. I don't think they would. I think they hundred percent. Oh shit! I don't. You know, it it fell into my. Something falls into your bag. But they have no way to know that he hasn't looked at it or made copies at that point. So they. I mean, they've they've literally surveilled him the whole day to cut to find him here. Except for when he's in his home. Except for when he's in his home. But like the the likelihood and and the 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 risk reward of killing someone openly versus like he probably didn't put him in the river. They don't care about killing people. I'm I'm just saying, like you you have a you have a moment where you go, yeah, like. This guy's probably didn't look at anything, probably didn't see it. You know, if we need to kill him later, we probably can. 
you know, like let's move on with our day and, 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 and debunk this thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to make waves. He doesn't seem to even have any clue as to what's going on. We're good. You know what I mean? And as Will Smith, you don't know these people are going to try and kill you. You have no idea that they're they're looking to kill somebody. They're just people showing they're up your door looking for something. His rights in his home at that moment. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. And he's a lawyer who knows how to right shut it down. Right, and that's that's his. And I get it's not poorly written. I'm just saying, like, eh, I could use a little more. Let's get back to gut. Gut. I'm a five gut. You're a five gut. I go four gut on this. I'm going five. It's not a full five for me, but it is a lot of fun. I enjoy the heck out of it. Uh, but yeah, gut's gut, man. Get My after gut, it. Uh, when I was 10 years old, it was fucking five, and it's going to be five when I'm 35, and it still is, and it will yeah, be yeah, yeah, yeah. many years from now. Nice. I love this movie. Fantastic. I, I had a great time watching it. Thank you for bringing it back to me, by uh, the way. 100%. You're uh, welcome. This, is, this has been As super fun. As you guys would fun. say, you're welks. You're welks. <laughs> fucking yay. Fucking yay. Back to your welks. Uh, yeah. This movie is so it's fun. It's a blast. It's, it's a fun It's time. a full four. I had a great time. As much as I knocked the writing or what have you, don't don't let that stop you from, if you haven't seen this, going to see this and watching this. This movie fucking rips. Absolutely rips. So, gut, we're in, we're out. We're going to do totals now. Okay, I got the totals. Uh, Will, you are coming in at a 165 which is a lot lower than my hard 20. <laughs> you gave it a, you got to a 20. Uh, this is a banger for you. This is a banger mover for, movie for me. I love this movie. I will always love this movie. This is higher than my Blue Beetle score. Uh rightfully for so. For you? Yeah, yeah. What yeah, did yeah. you score Blue Beetle? I think I was in the 15s. Yeah, well, this like movie's flat great. 15. Yeah, no, this movie beats. This uh, movie beats it up. I'm happy that 20 years later it's still It's still better than Blue Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for HBO to give me that <laughs> blue beetle. That blue beetle action. They'll uh, get you. They'll get you eventually. Yeah, no. I, I knew Will Rowe was going to split on this one. This, yeah. This is uh, my recommendation, my movie. Um, Rock solid. I would imagine Ian would be at a 21 because he loves this movie. He, he does love this movie. he wouldn't be. He'd be I, somewhere. I feel like I think, he'd be in the 18s. I would say 17.5 would be my guess. Nice. Nice. That's nice. nice, nice, nice. Well, 17.78 or something ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be a dick about it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I think he would be. All right, my prediction is uh, eighteen. Yours is seventeen point five. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll talk to him. I'll get him to give us scores next time. Next week, we have the Equalizer three is on deck. I haven't seen any of the Equalizers, so I'm Nor have I. kind of <laughs> semi interested to know what's happening with this Denzel trilogy. I feel like this is obviously says last chapter. I think is the tagline for it. I think this feels like a an interesting time to take a a moment for a retrospective on Denzel the action hero, which is probably Man on Fire done. Oh, Man on Fire is so good. Man on Fire Unstoppable is pretty trash. If you ever want to learn how to do a good Denzel impression, just watch Unstoppable. Uh, that's that's him at prime. Like I'm phoning this in. I'm Denzel. All right, okay, hot shot. Uh, he says that at some point in that movie with Chris Pine. Don't worry about it. Equalizer 3 next week. Ian should be back. Maybe we'll get Jenny. Who knows? Could be fun. Uh, again, thank you, Nora, thank for you coming for on the show. We we absolutely enjoy your company the whole time. Uh, You'll see more of me. I'm nice. Messy. You mean here. Here. <laughs> you mean here. 
Uh, all right. I'll be around. I'm here. Take us out. All right. There is a bug in the oven. <laughs> Fucking exit on the Faraday. A good episode. Enemy at the Gates 2001. A classic. A banger if there's ever been one. Joseph Fiennes, Jude Law, Ed Harris, Rachel Weiss, Ron Perlman, Bob Hoskins. I mean, come on, man. That was like, that was like peak. Ah, so good. Snipers and stuff. Ah, I loved it. It was a great movie. Uh, I haven't listened to the episode yet. Um, Let me pull Enemy of the State. Give me just a second. Okay, Enemy of the State. Okay, I watched it now. <clears throat> Whoops, <laughs> my bad. Will Smith. It's a 1998 banger. You can't go wrong. I remember seeing it in theaters. Great movie. I enjoyed it. I just want to update you guys. I'm, I'm doing a little bit better. I'm still exhausted, but I'm able to pep up for this. And, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna give you guys my ratings because you didn't get to hear my ratings. Or maybe you did. I don't I don't know. I, I, I had to go watch the movie before I listen to the episode but uh action 2.75 you know it's solid acting three it's fine voight hackman come on you can't go wrong with hackman and like everyone else in the cast huge cast i'm sure they talked about it uh directing i went 3.5 it's tony scott it has the the big shootout ending which is a lot like you know true romance another tony scott film my favorite film i went with plot 2.5 like you know it's nothing crazy you know it was years later used by millions of other movies you know, but whatever. And my gut, honestly, it's a four. It's fun. Peak Will Smith. The cast is great. You've got your weird little links to the conversation. It's super fun. Anyway, just uh, checking in saying, hey, I probably won't be back next week. Maybe I will. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, so cool. Uh, oh, I guess there's a there's a bug in the, you know, not a literal a bug, uh, like a, 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 you know, like a, a tracer, but like tracker. a tracker, uh, you know, the NSA bug. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, you guys have a good one. <clears throat> I'm going to go now. Gotta go, baby. Okay.